Keep the faith. Keep the faith is something I've been told uh, a lot, and I've heard regularly, and I've held to through thick and thin. Uh, since I was a boy, I faced a lot, uh, went through a lot. When everything seemed to be going downhill, uh, facing many trials and times where I just could have given up, week in, week out, everything seemed totally pointless, facing loss after loss after loss. Life was really hard for me, particularly back in 2008, where, as a 17-year-old, I could see the only way Leicester City was going was down to League One. <laughs> Keep the faith. And I did. And the whole club kept their faith, and Leicester went from strength to strength, ultimately achieving the impossible and winning the Premiership at odds of 5,000 to one. Keep the faith. Although I have to say, I did not have the faith to put any money on 5,000 to one odds for Leicester. Keep the faith, although we'll forget about the last year or so of Leicester, maybe. And we're going to be thinking a little bit more about that today. Not Leicester's magnificent rise to the season of glory, as deserving it it may be, but rather the spiritual gift of faith we're offered by the one who reigns in total, timeless glory. So do turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 11. And in these verses it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, which we'll be thinking about today. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous power. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So when you hear someone speaking about faith, what do you think of? Maybe you think of supporting your favourite team unconditionally, keeping the faith. Maybe you think of trusting in something despite the evidence. Maybe you think of trusting in something in line with the evidence, something that's totally reasonable. Maybe you think of the first time you gave your life to Jesus as you trusted in him. Maybe you think of the faith that sees you through daily life with Jesus. Or maybe you think of something that believes the impossible can become very much possible. And those last three points are the ways we see faith spoken about in the Bible. Sam Storms describes them as conversion faith, continuing faith, and charismatic faith. So in Leicester City terms, conversion faith is what happened, or akin to what happened, when I started supporting Leicester City aged eight or nine. Continuing faith is what kept me trusting in them despite the challenges of life over the years. And charismatic faith is like the faith that led to Leicester winning the league. But I'm aware people here might switch off at the mere mention of football. So, conversion faith is akin to me deciding to put my faith in Pepsi over Coke to quench my thirst. I've been converted to Pepsi. Continuing faith is what keeps me choosing Pepsi to quench my thirst, despite almost everyone's reaction to said choice. And charismatic faith is like the faith that means no matter how shaken up this can of Pepsi is, 
I can still have faith that less that a faith that I can open it without it exploding. <laughs> and it's that last one, charismatic faith, believing the impossible can become very much possible that the spiritual gift of faith is really speaking about in 1 Corinthians 12. Put that down carefully. <laughs> if you noticed, Paul says to another faith by the same spirit, implying it is a gift only some get. If you're a Christian, you do have faith, conversion and continuing. So the spiritual gift of faith must be something slightly different to these two things. Sam Storms describes it like this. The gift of faith is that mysterious surge of confidence that rises within a person in a particular situation of need or challenge and which gives an extraordinary certainty and assurance that God is about to act through a word or an action. Andrew Wilson says, Paul is not talking about saving faith here. More likely, he means the gift that some people have of being able to believe God for apparently impossible things. And Gordon Fee says, it probably refers to a supernatural conviction that God will reveal divine power or mercy in a specific way, in a special way, in a specific instance. So, I like all these people, so I think the general consensus is this spiritual gift of faith that Paul is speaking of is charismatic faith. Is the faith that the impossible actually isn't impossible, but with God in and in line with his promises and his will, will become incredibly possible. This could be seen in faith leading to miraculous healings, for example, as Ollie spoke about a little last week. But there's lots of other examples which we'll think about a little bit as we go on. This is about specific instances of supernatural faith that can move mountains. Hebrews 11. I wonder what you think of when I say Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter of the Bible. In this chapter, we see many who have saving faith in God, but also who demonstrate specific instances of incredible faith in God. Instances where it's hard to see the faith being possible, the faith that they show being possible, but for a gift of God into their lives for those situations. For example, Noah and the ark, Abraham and the promised land, Sarah and the conception of Isaac, Abraham as he goes to sacrifice Isaac, Joseph's dying words at the very end of Exodus, uh, very end of Genesis, saying that the Exodus will come. Baby Moses, hidden from death by his parents' faith. Moses, refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and being mistreated. The crossing of the Red Sea as though on dry land. The walls of Jericho falling down just by people walking around them a few times. Maybe not quite just that, but still. Rahab, not perishing, not dying. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets, who, who by faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, who were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. All times of extraordinary faith and recorded in Hebrews 11 for the common good. So we can be encouraged. 
so we can be built up, so we can see what an awesome God we have. In Numbers 11, Moses yearns, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And we live in a day now where the Lord has put his spirit on us and in us. No longer is his spirit gifted to specific people at specific times. But all people who trust in Jesus are filled with the spirit, are sealed with his spirit. God's spirit is upon us. And the spiritual gifts are available to all people through Christ. So these are lots of examples of uh, people in the Bible who've shown faith. But there are people nowadays, or in the recent years, last couple of centuries, who've shown extraordinary faith as well. Think of Bonhoeffer, Corrie ten Boom, Bethany Hamilton, William Woolforce, a range of different people displaying different levels of faith, either personal or making big differences. I wonder who'd you add to that list of heroes of faith? But it is so easy to look to these heroes of faith in the Bible and in church history in total awe to be encouraged, but think, how does that relate to me? I haven't been bitten by a shark and decided I want to keep surfing. I haven't needed to walk around an enemy city trusting that the wall will fall down. I'm not a prominent politician. It might be wet in Scotland, but I've never been called to have the faith to build an ark. I'm just an average Joe walking through life. Or when we do face big moments where faith really is what's needed, we just say to ourselves how what we're facing must be different to this hero or that hero or this situation or that situation. So what might it look like for us? What might life look like for us if we were to be given the gift of faith in our lives today? Well, firstly... I want to look back at Noah. It's a great story, but Noah was on that boat for over 150 days of flood and still a bit longer. That must have taken great faith. What's going on? Where's God leading us? Where will we land? Will this ever end? But there's another moment of faith in Noah's life as well, and that moment of extraordinary faith starts when he's told to build the ark. Likely, 60 to 120 years earlier. Can you imagine that? Striving away to build an ark, even just for 60 years, the lower end of what it might be, with absolutely no sign of a flood. I hate to say it, but I think I'd have quit before I even started. I mean, I've quit tiny DIY tasks just because they're a little bit finickety. There's no way I'd have been able to go through building an ark for 60 years with no hint of a flood. And secondly, let's look to Abraham again. I love speaking about Abraham. It means I get to speak about the second best character in the Bible, Isaac. Anyways, when I spoke about the summer, about Jehovah Jireh, God will provide, we looked at the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac. And I quoted Spurgeon, speaking into a situation when Abraham was commanded to sacrifice Isaac, the one through whom Abraham would father nations, commanded to sacrifice Isaac by God. And so I think it's really appropriate again to read this quote out. It seems to be really apt. Spurgeon says, That answer still sustained his heart. Jehovah will see to it. Jehovah will see to it. He will not fail in his word. 
Perhaps he will raise my son from the dead. But in some way or other, he will justify my obedience to him and vindicate his own command. Jehovah will see to it. This was a quietus to every mistrustful thought. I pray that we may drink into this truth and be refreshed by it. If we follow the Lord's bidding, he will see to it that we, need, that we shall not be ashamed or confounded. If we come into great need by following his command, he will see to it that the loss shall be recompensed. If our difficulties multiply and increase so that our way seems completely blocked up, Jehovah will see to it that the road shall be cleared. The Lord will see us through in the way of holiness if we're only willing to be thorough in it and dare to follow wheresoever he leads the way. We need not wonder that Abraham should utter this truth and attach it to the spot which was to be forever famous, for his whole heart was saturated with it and had been sustained by it. Jehovah will see to it. What faith Abraham must have had in that moment to say, to believe, to be sustained by the belief, the belief, Jehovah will see to it. The Lord will see to it. Faith. In Noah's case, extraordinary faith that sustained him through many years. In Abraham's case, extraordinary faith that saw him offer everything to God in total faith, in face of the apparently impossible. But there's one other story of faith I want to share to help us see what this gift of extraordinary faith might look like in our lives. And this is the story of faith of the woman who was sick. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Her faith had made her well. Partially because at least she believed in the impossible. No earthly remedy had worked. For 12 whole years, this woman would have been seen as unclean for all this time, not seeing anyone, not socialising with anyone, not allowed to do anything an outcast, but she was desperate. And in faith, she believed Jesus, even just touching the hem of his garment, could heal her. But even then, she was clearly terrified. As Jesus said, who touched me? She was shaking with fear when she came before Jesus as he asked who had touched her. But Jesus healed her. This was a moment of extraordinary faith. Faith that allowed her to push through her fears. And so in these three stories, we've seen three kinds of extraordinary faith that carried someone through many years of toil. We've seen extraordinary faith that meant someone was ready to sacrifice all they'd really ever hoped for to God. And we've seen extraordinary faith that helped someone overcome their fear and brought them physical and social healing and peace.
And we see this in later Christians with the gift of faith too, like Bonhoeffer, Corrie ten Boom, Bethany Hamilton, William Wilberforce, to name but a few. Pryor describes such people as those who, through the gift of faith, were assured of things they could neither see nor prove, and consequently pressed on with God through the most testing circumstances conceivable. And note, these circumstances, this gift of faith, could be for the immediate moment, like the woman who was sick, for a testing time, like with Abraham and Isaac, or for a significant challenge to a massive portion of your life, like with Noah. But Pryor continues, It would be a pity if we allowed such pinnacles of faith in action to take this gift beyond the experience of any local church and any Christian. The stage may be Coventry rather than China. The drama may be to do with the church's budget rather than the abolition of slavery. The plot may revolve around discouragement in the youth group rather than establishing a network of orphanages in Bristol. But every scenario in each local church requires the gift of faith, distributed by the Spirit as he chooses to boost the flagging morale of his people. So back to that question. How does this relate to me and to us? Sam Storms describes it like this. Charismatic faith, or the gift of faith, like the other charismata, is not given to every member of the body of Christ. However, it would appear that any member of the body of Christ is a potential candidate for the experience of this manifestation of the Spirit. The gift of faith should probably be regarded more so than most other gifts of the Spirit as occasional or spontaneous rather than permanent or residential. This is a special faith that is the God-given ability without fakery or platitudinous exaltations to believe what you do not really believe, to believe what you do not really believe, to trust God for a certain blessing not promised in Scripture. The gift of faith is that mysterious surge of confidence that rises within a particular person, in a particular situation of need or challenge, and which gives an extraordinary certainty and assurance that God is about to act through a word or action. So I want you to think now, would you or would someone you know be massively blessed by this mysterious surge of confidence right now? Maybe you're struggling with money right now. Maybe you're struggling with your job. Maybe you're struggling with your health or unfulfilled dreams. Maybe you're struggling to let go and let God or make sure you're holding on to something you've been blessed with lightly or struggling to really believe the Lord will see to it. Maybe you have family or friends who seem so far from Jesus and you can't possibly see how they'll come back to him. 
Or you want to share Jesus with that person at work but can't find the confidence to speak up. And it doesn't always have to be a struggle. Maybe you know God's calling you to do this or that and it's been confirmed many times but you're in need of the faith just to take that first step. Or maybe, maybe you just need the faith that whatever it is that's going on around you to be able to say, to be able to believe the Lord will see to it. We are children of God. And as children of God, we are offered life in all its fullness. We're not called to a mindset which thinks everything is scarce, but we're called to life that believes God offers us everything, life in all its fullness. To be clear, I'm not saying the gift of faith makes us reckless, irresponsible, or just gives us the excesses of the prosperity gospel. Not at all. But maybe that gift of faith could help you to step with confidence into a life lived in the knowledge Jesus offers you life in all its fullness. And not one that allows a mindset of scarcity to hold you back from giving it all for him. The gift of faith isn't reckless, irresponsible, but it does do the impossible. It is the faith that moves mountains. It's the gift of faith that renders the impossible possible. The impassable passable. The incurable curable. The unbearable bearable. The unbelievable believable. The broken, whole, the lost found. So I'm just going to ask the bands to come up now. I think it's most appropriate that this talk on the gift of faith is sandwiched between the two Sundays where we're thinking about healing, as Ollie spoke about last week, and miracles, which Tara will speak about next week as these three are so often so closely linked. But here today, we remember 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, where we're told, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Earnestly desire them. I wonder who here could personally or know someone who could really do with extraordinary faith, with the total confidence to step onward in faith, to step out of that boat onto the water, trusting that you're not going to sink. Who here needs to see the impossible made possible, the impossible made possible, the incurable curable, the unbearable, bearable, the unbelievable, believable, the broken, whole, and lost, found. So if this is you, uh, or someone you know, I'm going to encourage you now, as you're able, just to stand up. I'm sure there'll be lots of us who want that extraordinary gift of faith. If you want that extraordinary gift of faith for now, for another time in your life, or for someone you know, stand up now. And I want us all to remember those verses. 
Again, truly I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything, they ask for it. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So the ministry team are going to come to the front. They're going to be standing on the right-hand side here um, along there. And if you'd like prayer, I encourage you to go for prayer. Pray with two or three others, two or three gathering together to pray for that extraordinary gift of faith, yearning for that gift of faith, earnestly desiring that gift of faith, the faith, uh, the gift of faith that where Jesus says to us, the impossible is made possible. The impossible is possible. The incurable is curable. The unbearable is bearable. The unbelievable is believable. The broken can be made whole and the lost can be found. So we now have the opportunity to step out of the boat, to step out in faith, and to pray with the ministry team, to ask the ministry team to pray with you, to ask for that gift of extraordinary faith for you or for someone you know who really needs it right now. So as the ministry team comes forward, we're just going to pray where we are. Then I really encourage you, as the band starts to play, to come forward for, fa- uh, for prayer, for that extraordinary gift of faith that will see you through all things that will see you through whatever you might think to be totally impossible, but can, like that sick woman, can help you step through that fear, trusting in him. Like Abraham can help you just to give up everything, be willing to give up everything for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of God. Like with Noah, to persevere. To persevere with something where no end seems to be in sight, no point seems to be there, but you know you've been called to it. To persevere there. So Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, come. Fill each of our hearts. There are those of us here who need now that extraordinary gift of faith. So Holy Spirit, we pray you fill us now. You fill us with that gift of faith. That we may know, that we may believe that which we don't really believe. That the impossible be opened up to the possible. The impossible opened to be passable. The incurable miraculously made to be curable. The unbearable made to be bearable. The unbelievable made to be totally and utterly believable. The broken made totally whole. The lost found. So Holy Spirit, come. We pray that you just give that gift of faith to those who need it now. We earnestly desire for one another that this, may, this gift may be poured out generously. We know you're a generous God. Not just for our sake as well, but to build up your church for the common good that we may see the situations people face and we may see what's impo- that what is made possible in you. We earnestly desire the spiritual gift of faith now, Lord. We pray for it. Holy Spirit, come. More of you. We want to believe in you in all things, in all situations. You're not the God of just the easy, just that time of conversion, just the time in life where we're just ambling through, but you're God of those times where the impossible seems to face us. 
you're the God who breaks walls down merely by people showing faith and walking around them. You're the God who opens up the the sea so we can walk through it as if on dry land. You're the God that will lead us to heaven even if you couldn't possibly have seen that in the past. You're the God who hides us from death. You're the God who gives us boldness. You're the God who brings justice, stops the mouths of lions, quenches the power of fire, helps us escape the edge of the sword, who makes the strong out of the weak. Holy Spirit, come. More of you. More of you now. So if the ministry team come forward now and stand on the right, we're going to continue with the, the band just going to play over us. Uh, we can have prayer. We can pray just in our spaces, but I really encourage you, if you need this gift of faith or you know someone who needs this gift of faith, to come forward, to pray with one or two others where two or three can be gathered, praying for God to come and answer our prayers. Amen.